Socialites, welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, a podcast where we study being social by being social. Catch me in Cleveland, I think, like in a couple weeks, in the middle of July. Tickets at mrdtimes3.com. I think it's July 14th through 17th. Blake, check my website. Tell me if that's right. Snag your tickets up. It's going to be a fun run. Also, making some adjustments to the pod. Those will be announced soon, and Fall Tour will be announced very, very soon. You can always check me on social media at mrdtimes3. We're going to drop the dates in August, probably. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, today, I have a very, very, very funny comic on the podcast today. We became friends by happenstance. He was working my show in New York City at Caroline. So if you're at that show, you already know this guy. I was a little bit intrigued. I went down a rabbit hole right after we met and was sucked into his Instagram Love this guy. Welcome to the podcast, Doug Smith. Mike Brown. Mike Jones. Mike Jones. I fucked it. Oh, my you God. Did. Can we I, run that back? I did tell. I Inside did tell baseball, and I got it wrong. You did. You got it my so God. wrong. So I, I always think <laughs> people who have these two quick names, like Doug Smith, it reminds me of Mike Jones, who's a rapper who starts his raps with Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, Jones. And I told Doug Smith that I always say Doug Smith. Doug Smith, but he just said Mike Brown. Mike Brown. I'm sure there's a Mike Brown. I'm sure there's plenty of Mike Browns. I I also think that you're gonna be canceled for that. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Okay. I wanna first of all, when we got on the podcast today, everybody, it was a technical nightmare, as it usually is. And Doug said, Did you like I'm probably the worst ever at this. You're not. The worst ever at this is my mom, who we should just schedule this because I have a podcast with my mom every every week. And every single week, it takes about 37 minutes to get her set up. And it's the same. She's just got to press the same buttons, do the same thing every week. And we can never, never get it right. See, it's unfortunate that you can't record that because I feel like that in and of itself would be a great podcast. Oh. Kids talking their parents through Technology. technological disasters. Write it yeah. down, write it down. It really right? would. I, I would watch and I would listen, but that would give me anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah. First question I have from you, thought this since I met you, uh, where is the fountain of youth and why don't you age? You don't think I age? Wow. You, you That's very flattering. You don't age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting some gray. Here's I'll tell you what the fountain of youth is. And I, you know what? I just cracked the code on this the other day. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, I don't know how real you want to get this oh, early th- in the there's, podcast, there's but no, there's no bars on the pod. All right. So my, I was, I was raised as Jehovah's witness. I don't know if you know that. You did tell very, me that. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. Which, so when you, you told know, me that in my, my mom, head, I was like, oh, is he in? FLDS Mormon. I, I really can't distinguish the difference. <laughs> There's a lot of parallels, too many parallels. But so when my mom, my mom was the one behind the whole, you know, Jehovah's Witness operation. And when she, she died when I was 17 and my dad and I kind of kept it going for a while. Cause we, you know, it was our world, you know, it's this very insular kind of bubble that's created for you. Um, but I started drinking very heavily, like right after she died and right, right around that time, after not having any acne 
all the way up until the age of 18, my face just fucking exploded real bad, real, 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 real bad. Like I would skip school certain days cause I just didn't want to be seen, you know? Um, and went on for years and years and years, all the while drinking this entire time. Finally, three or not even three years ago, still after two rounds of Accutane and, um, you know, approaching the age of 36, still just lingering acne after two rounds, one round of Accutane usually nips in the butt. And then finally I was like, I've tried so many things to clear up my skin. I've tried different diets. I've tried going gluten-free, vegan. The one thing I've never gone a day without is booze. And I wasn't like going crazy, but you know, one or two drinks a day, just constantly in my system, you know? Yeah. So I took a day off, took another day off. Week goes by. I wasn't setting out to quit drinking. And then a month goes by and my skin is completely clear. And I was like, holy shit. I was like basically allergic to alcohol. Yeah. the, The timeline perfectly aligns. So I think that I was just like, booze was just poisoning me from the inside out. Well, I mean, honestly, essentially, that's what it is. Like you're putting yeah. toxin in your body to get a little bit of a, it's poison. You're, it's your body's it really reaction is. to it really poison. Is. Okay, here's the thing. Oh my God, the comments are going to be wild. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I'm an alcoholic person. Yeah. Personally, I have an insanely addictive personality. However, I can turn it off, especially for alcohol. But yeah. the days or the weeks or the months that I don't drink at all, I feel the best I ever feel in my entire life. Like everything, like we're running on all cylinders. Everything's going. It's great. But I always in those moments, I'm like, I'm never drinking again. And then I do. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's that mistress that keeps beckoning you back. I don't know why I'm using two fans. It looks like I'm doing something with this mistress. She keeps calling you back. <laughs> she keeps for more. You know she's dangerous. You know she's bad, but yeah. you can't resist. My my mistress has a penis. Just so where, yeah, I was realizing as I as I was saying that I was like, yeah, you, you're not going to want to return to that. My, yeah. my we're, we have different mistresses. That that mistress, but hey, equally me. tempting. <laughs> she- if your mistress was luring me in, she'd have to be working real hard, real hard. <laughs> I don't know. I have had a lot of. If, if your mistress was leading me in, I think you would just need to have, you know, a six pack of PBR and a handle of Jim Beam and I would do whatever he wanted. <laughs> I think my mistress, <laughs> when my mistress leads you in, he's like, hey, big boy, come on over <laughs> here. Sit on Santa's lap. Goddamn. <laughs> that, that's interesting. You win. That's interesting though. So what, so your face though is very, you have a smooth, good face, but even with all those breakouts, like your face just went back to tight baby butt right after not drinking. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I have pretty resilient skin. Cause I had like, dude, like I, and I was a made, did you have acne at all? It's, Honestly, this, I feel like- I've had, I've had, and People are going to read me my rights after this. Yeah. I probably had like less than 50 pimples in my life on my face. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't deserve to live. I know. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you because when it's really bad, it's, and I, and I was a 
pick her too. Like I could not leave it alone. And I would just spend hours and hours in the bathroom every day, just doing surgery on myself, dude. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that I'm not, I don't look like I should look like James Woods, you know, just a completely, my face should look like the surface of the moon. I did get a Um, huge zit on my forehead one time when I was still teaching kindergarten massive and they don't hold back. And they're not going to let that slide. Oh, yeah. it was, it was like the second they walked into the classroom, they're like, what's on your face? Like <laughs> I actually convinced them that I was a unicorn and that was my horn. I was going like, to say, I was going to, I was going to yeah. say unicorn or Cyclops. What'd you roll with? I went with unicorn cause unicorn, I'm gay okay. and I needed to do that for me. It right, was actually right. a really wonderful moment. They, I told them that I was a unicorn and my cousins, they asked me if my cousins were Pegasuses. And I yeah. told them that that was a derogatory term and we call them Pegasus <laughs> is the correct way to say it. It was wonderful. Truly wonderful. <laughs> um, you're a dad. That's great. I am. I am a dad. How's being a dad? Being a dad is great. It's incredibly exhausting. And uh, I feel like it can be a strain on the comedy career. And it's also has been a huge blessing. I feel like everything good... All everything good that's happened to me in comedy has been has happened since my son was born. Well, I was really like lights a fire under your ass. And, and, um, you know, it's a very it's a very strong motivator when you're in charge of another living thing and sustaining that life. I'm surprised to hear you say a strain on comedy because this is a direct quote from you that I need. um, I need clarification on this. You once said you don't have to be a woman for a baby to want to nurse on you. (laughs) <laughs> i did say that that is a direct quote so what's i've never had that read back to me but that's true <laughs> out of context <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did say it though let's what unpack this yeah, let's uh break it down how does this work um yeah man when a baby sees a nipple they're just they're just going for it they're very they're very non-biased so you know when you first when you first have a baby it's all about skin to skin time that's you know how the baby kind of bonds with you right off the bat Mm -hmm. so you're encouraged to you know hold the baby shirtless and sometimes they you know they can barely even see at that point they just kind of feel around with their mouths like a fucking naked mole rat and they find that nip and they just (laughs) they just start gumming that thing to death now how did and you know and you don't want to slap them in the head too hard you know you gotta you gotta shake them off somehow but it ain't easy. Does that hurt? Um, I mean, I never really let him really clamp down that hard, but uh, you know, it's it doesn't feel good. It's not a pleasant experience. That, it's it's, it's off putting for sure. You're like, is this? If social services saw this, he might get taken away right now. That's an awakening. I hope they don't know that. I hope they know that I don't want this. You know, right. put it yeah. that way. Absolutely, it does. <laughs> it does. When I heard you say that, it put a lot of things into perspective for me. First of all, I have extremely limited knowledge of the female body. Just, you know, very base level. Yeah. It is literally the most incredible structure of science that I've ever like the more research that I do, on, I have to do research on like a baby being born <laughs> and how that happens and like what a woman's body like does. Doug, this fact blew my fucking marbles. You probably know this. Probably, I probably don't know it. You probably do. Did yeah. you know that when 
a woman is in like breastfeeding time, like not physically time, but like in that span of time where you would be breastfeeding your baby, if they even hear a baby crying, like their nipples will just start shooting out milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. That is. It's like a magic trick. It's like it can just go. What? And it does, it's not like a trickle, like it can shoot. That okay. Pretty so awesome. I learned this because pretty empowering. It, it, when I was teaching kindergarten, it happened to my teaching partner when one of the kids got hurt and she was yeah. just wailing and all of a sudden, foo, milk. And I was sitting there and I'm like, Did it start seeping through her blouse? Started, I had or to she tell told her. I was like, Oh my God. I really? was like, Did you I was like, Did you <laughs> did you dip into some also she had like astronomical boobs pre and post yeah. baby right so yeah. it would like it made i was like did you dip your shirt in like a wet table the water or fountain yeah like yeah. what was it i was like and i was like oh my god and she goes oh my god she's like i need you to take over for a minute and i was like okay and then she came back she's like oh my god that's so crazy and then she explained and i was like no she's like pump and dump you get on it literally but like <laughs> honestly well then i kind of this is a shitty thing that i did i would like coax the kids to like cry is <laughs> 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 he gonna have it again but i i was like what are you like a, yeah. a wolf den mother like this is nuts that's science yeah. wow it's true truly animalistic right and it's, it's something so insanely primal about it. And then pushing a human out of a pinhole and the body just like allows it. That's crazy. Yeah, right. It's yeah. so like, yeah. alien. I need to. <laughs> That's how it goes for most for most people. We had the most, not the most, but one of the most traumatic birthing processes ever because, you know. It's going to sound so stereotypical, but we tried to have a, a home birth. These Brooklyn hippie liberal shitheads and their home births when medical science is just, you know, right there, a couple blocks away. Um, so did you have a doula? I was not doula midwife and I was I was not really on board from the beginning. But, you know, again, it's like this is not my experience. I just want a safe outcome and there is no guarantee of a safe outcome even if you're even if you're in a hospital but much more so you know like yeah certainly much more so so i thought you know this is this is a little scary especially considering my niece i don't know if you know about this there's something called meconium that's when they have a bowel movement in the womb and when they're under distress they can have their first bowel movement in the womb and they can in, they can aspirate it. Oh, shit. So they can literally oh. inhale their own shit oh, no. and choke on it oh, and no. die. Oh no! What's it called? Meconium. That is not meconium the right name is the for scientific it. term for for yeah for shit breathing in utero baby shit. Yeah, aspirating meconium is when you you know suck it into your lungs. Yeah. So this happened to my niece. They pulled her out. She was blue. They had to you know resuscitate her, but she was in the hospital. She was, so she was okay. It's not really that uncommon. But in this sort of situation where you're, you're having a home birth and you don't have that immediate medical attention, it can be a matter of life and death. So my wife was laboring for uh, 20 hours oh, at home. God, we had, a, we had an inflatable pool in the kitchen, took up our entire, entire kitchen, just moaning like a wild animal. I'm, you know, completely useless. I'm just trying to stay out of the way and just, you know, boil water hearing? for tea and stuff. 
you know, get heating pads ready. You know, I'm just like in gopher mode. And then finally, after 20, 20 hours of laboring, the, the midwife broke her water because it just we weren't making any progress. Broke her water. How? And usually a uh, coat hanger. No, and uh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Doug. You have me hook, line, and sinker right now. <laughs> I think she used a pool Chopstick. cue. I don't know what she used, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, honestly. And she I used her keep, foot. She just kicked her real hard. The way that just rolled um, out. Keep going. Keep I'm like invested. <laughs> so she broke, I don't know how she broke her water, but she did. And it was, you know, it was clear not to get too graphic, but there was meconium. So, oh no. and the chances of that, ha- of them aspirating it are, are very high because, you know, they're it's trapped in there, in there yeah. with it, you know? Yeah. So as soon as that happened and she saw the, the, color of the water once it was broken she was like all right we plan b we got to get to the hospital so while my wife was like 10 centimeters dilated we had to get her down four flights of stairs into a car and and our backup hospital there's a hospital right here in brooklyn but they're um why am i blanking not the maternity ward but the 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 um obstetrician department whatever whatever department deals with birthing the birthing process is not very great at this hospital. So we drove into Manhattan to Bellevue hospital, which is like, you know, 25 minutes, no traffic. So I'm in the, I'm in the passenger seat with the midwife driving like a bat out of hell on the BQE, uh, trying to get us into Manhattan while my wife is in the backseat with the doula, just like, again, just moaning like a wild animal. So we're all just praying that she doesn't give birth in the car to, uh, you know, a, an absolute disaster. So we're just flying warp speed up the, up the, we get off for a flying up, up the West side highway, get her, get her in there. Uh, turns out um, my son, his head was kind of cockeyed oh, in the, Jesus in Christ. utero. So he couldn't come down through the birth canal. So they had to do an emergency C-section, pulled him out. He had aspirated meconium and they had to have, he was kept in the ICU for um, in the NICU for 10 days all hooked up to tubes and all sorts of shit and a respirator. And we didn't even know he's going to make it through the night. So like I basically slept upright in a chair that first night, just with one eye open watching, just dreading watching a doctor, like coming into the room to break the bad news that he didn't make it through the night. It's absolutely terrifying. And then, so he was in the NICU for 10 days and he's now, you know, tip top now, but, um, yeah, dude, like shaved years off, you know, the, the happiest yet the most chaotic, terrifying day of my entire life, you know, um, like you're, you're looking to welcome this baby in, into the world. And at the same time, you're shaving just a solid decade off your life, just from the sheer stress and, and panic, you know, and you're still nuts. 27. <laughs> I took notes and I have questions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start. Let's we'll go in chronological order. Where did you get the kiddie pool? <laughs> you know, if you wait till the end of the summer, you can get them for like six bucks at Dwayne Reed. And uh, <laughs> no, no, that's all. That's all part of the process. Like they're like, would you like to be because I guess I guess the buoyancy can kind of help facilitate the the labor. Yeah. So it went, it was a big one. It was like a nice one. It had like, you know, like inflatable, like steps. It was huge. You know, this wasn't some like rinky dink. And you filled it up like with backyard pool thing. 
yeah, we connected a hose to the kitchen sink. Yeah, just imagine if that thing burst, like the whole building would have been flooded. Oh, well, then I was thinking about that. Park Slope would have been, yeah, I would like a flood zone. It's so New York to like open your apartment door and a pregnant woman, her doula, her midwife, and her husband are running down the stairs because there's a baby coming out of her pachimi. Like that is so New York. (laughs) Like that is a sight that you would see in New York. Okay. Certainly. This is also, you said that this was some Brooklyn hippie shit. This is some Seattle type shit that you're telling me. This is is like how they get down over here. Right. What can you explain to me the difference between a doula and an I'm actually genuinely interested in this. I was not planning the podcast to go this way. But what is the difference between a doula and a midwife? Because I always thought they were the same thing. A midwife actually serves a purpose. And I'm sure you're going to get plenty of hate comments from doulas. But he said it it and he don't regret it. I said it. I said it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had firsthand experience now, so I feel confident saying that, uh, the doula is more of a, a spiritual guide, let's say, you know, trying to keep you calm and keep you breathing and keep you centered, but they don't really have, uh, in my experience, they don't really have the expertise necessary to actually be of any real assistance, especially if things are going haywire, you know, the midwife she has she knows the science behind it and she there's there's some medical training there there you is know? so she know, yes so she knows what to do she she could deliver the baby that's the, the intended outcome is to for her to deliver the baby at home the doula is really just kind of like a coach in in a way and so i'm sure some women have had great experiences with doulas again i i'm, I'm look at me already backpedaling furiously Do not, don't I, I don't i'm so i'm sorry you worth this um, piece of shit to even <laughs> think about it you said what you said but <laughs> but for us yeah the doula i wouldn't say i wouldn't say she uh she had too much too much influence on the overall outcome <laughs> Does a midwife, you said they have some medical training. Would you say it's bare minimum, like EMT status, not even there yet or more than that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's more okay. than that. If I'm going to shit, if I'm going to shit on doulas, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> give props to the midwives a little bit, balance the scale. Yeah. Would you, <laughs> would you do it again? Home birth. A, a home birth? Yeah. Oh, n- absolutely not. No, it's your it's, wife. It's, I, no, no, we both, we both preemptively tell people now when, when like we meet somebody who's pregnant, we're like, you're not having a home birth, right? Like we're like crusaders against home birth now. This like, is, don't do it. Don't this do is it. Truly amazing. I've seen the darkness. I'm fascinated. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I understand the, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a hippy dippy side in myself that I can get in touch with for sure. And I can, I can understand the, you know, wanting to be in your own home in a, in a, in a, in a seemingly safe environment and having that experience where it's just you and your partner and this other person, not a whole swarm of doctors surrounding you under fluorescent lights. I get that, but it's, there's just so much potential for things to go wrong. Thank God we live where we live. You know, imagine if we lived in the stick somewhere, yeah. you know, and, and it was like an hour to the hospital, forget it. So the, the, the cons certainly outweigh the pros, I would say, I you would know, say and this. you just, go ahead. Sorry. 
You just like people, people love to devise like a plan. Like this is our birth plan that goes completely out the fucking window. You can't, it's not, you don't have control. It's nature. You don't have control over it. You just got to surrender to exactly what's happening. And if you need to get to a fucking hospital, you better be close to one or already be there. And I would vote just already be there. See, you said, you said, could you imagine if we were out in the sticks? In my mind, I said, could you imagine if you were in New York, which you were, I feel like best case scenario, the best place to do a home birth, which I now think no one should do. Yeah. Is the suburbs. Yeah. Because you can, first of all, probably have it in your own backyard pool. And second of all, (laughs) you can just speed demon it to the hospital. You know what I mean? And like get there faster. Like when you were telling me the story, my hot flashes emerged when you got to the part where you had to leave the apartment and get to the hospital. Like Gasper Mendazzo lives in Staten Island. He didn't get to our show for two and a half hours later in Caroline's. It's not that far. Yeah, yeah. You just get stuck behind one garbage truck on a one-way street and your life is ruined. Your life forever. (laughs) And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. It's not an exaggeration. We're going to cut to a commercial break. I have a couple more questions for Doug Smith, who's absolutely blowing my mind into oblivion right now. (laughs) Um, And then we got the emails coming up. We'll be right back. Doug, you were a dog walker. I was for... Pains me to say this. I was a dog walker for 13 years. Why is it pain you to say that? So I may, I may look young, but I feel 85. Is that right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a hip replacement in the next couple of years. Same, brother. Same. My fucking knees are blown out. My hips are are dog shit. No pun intended. I'm just like I'm. I, my body is blown to smithereens. <laughs> and people think, people think that dog walk people would be like, oh, you dog walk dogs. You must be so fit. You must stay in such good shape. And I do exercise, but like dog walking does not keep you in. There's plenty of obese dog walkers. You don't have to be in shape to just mosey down a fucking, you know, yeah. a flat level street all day. You know, like you can take your time. Um, but yeah, man, I was, I was in the trenches for 13 years. I feel like the reaction to telling people you're a dog, dog walker would be the same reaction when I told people that I was a kindergarten teacher, which is, oh my God, that's so cute. It's so amazing. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm willing to bet it's not as cute and cuddly as the description may sound. No, certainly not. I'm an animal lover. I've had dogs and cats both my whole life. Based Um, off home birth, probably butterflies too, but. Yeah, still got those going. So yeah, when you start out walking dogs, it's, you know, it's kind of a fun novelty. And then it did not take long by, I'd say by year three, they're just cargo, man. You just click the leash on and you're just fucking dragging them down the street. You just come on, do your thing. They're, they're, they're not even, and this is me particularly, I was not a good dog walker. The fact that I lasted 13 years is blows my fucking mind. I was so incompetent and so irresponsible that. I, you know, I, I had a dog one time that I brought her into another building to pick up another dog. And I wouldn't, you know, you see people walking like 12 dogs at a time. That's insane. That is, you know, I would never, I would never walk more than like four at a time, but I brought this dog into another building. I, uh, I tied her up in the stairwell because she hated walking upstairs. I go upstairs to get this other dog. I come down, I forget about this other dog that I've tied up in the stairwell. My anxiety. And I go about my I go about the rest of the day. I drop all my dogs off. Um, 
somehow still, you know, going back into this building, don't see this dog tied up in the stairwell. She's like kind of ducked around behind, behind in a way that she's out of, out of view. So I finish my day and I'm about to get on the train to go home. And I get a text from her owner being like, Hey Doug, it's been about four hours. Just wondering when you're going to bring Susie home. And just, I just broke out in a cold sweat and I was like, Holy fuck. I didn't bring, where the fuck? I didn't even know where she was. I didn't even register in my brain. I was like, Susie's gone. I, I picked her up. I didn't drop her off. I don't know where the fuck she is, but she's not at her owner's house. She's not with me right now. I don't know where this dog is. And I just start running. I don't know where I'm running to. I just start running. I'm like, wherever I need to go, I need to get to fast. And I'm just kind of replaying my day in my head. Like what built, what buildings was I in today? Could I have left her there? Could I have left her there? Finally, it dawns on me. I sprint like 10 blocks to her building, uh, the building that I knew she was tied up in on 11th and Washington in the village. And I fly up the stairs and she's still there, which, you know, dogs get stolen all the time. She could have strangled herself on her own leash. You know, any, any number of things could have happened. Four hours went by and I, and I run up the stairs and it's this big, sweet, goofy, chubby black lab. And she's just panting and wagging her tail, totally unfazed. I dropped to my knees. I throw my arms around her. I was like, Oh, thank God. Thank God you're alive. Thank God you're alive. And I unleashed and I, I, you know, unhooked her leash from the, from the banister and I walked her home and, and, uh, her owner was like, Oh my God, that was so generous of you to walk her for four hours. And I was like, yeah, you know, I had an easy day. I just figured I'd keep her out with me. Totally played it off. Like it was out of the kindness of my heart that I gave her an extra long walk. And her owner was like, Oh, you're such a sweet guy. And And never never knew, never never knew to it. No, you're a sinner. (laughs) <laughs> and you're going to hell just so we're aware holy shit yeah i had a dog eat rat poison once i had to sprint to the vet's office holding him like a football they had to pump his stomach didn't you not um, i think you told me this one didn't you not know right away you <laughs> wait 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 yeah yeah, yeah. Something, oh yeah i did yeah. tell you what yeah. happened something like it dawned on you or something yeah. He, I brought him home. I was like, you know, I was on my phone. I was barely, barely paying attention to the dog. I'm on my phone. I put him back in his crate. He was like a one-year-old dog still being crate trained. And I looked down and he's like chewing on something and dogs, you know, pick up shit off the street all the time. And he's chewing on something, but it's blue. And I'm watching these blue crumbles come out of his mouth. And I'm like, what the fuck is blue? That's most dog treats are not blue. I don't know what, I don't think anything good that he could be eating is blue. So I like, I don't know why I thought to, but I just, I did a Google image search of rat poison. And of course, immediately there's a bunch of like blue brick shaped things full of seeds. I guess the seeds attract the rats and it makes them, uh, you know, you know, rat poison, it makes you bleed internally. That's how it kills them. They just bleed internally. So this dog is just happily chowing down on this rat poison. And, and I was this close to closing the apartment door and walking out of there and going on with my day. But thank God I did this image search and saw what it was and took action. I flung his crate open. I grab him and I just start sprinting down the block. And uh, I got him in the vet's office and I, and I brought a chunk of the stuff with me. And they're like, oh, yep, we got we to gotta get to business. And they pumped his stomach and he was totally fine. Just like they brought him back out wagon tail happy as ever completely unfazed just like this fucking black lab that was tied up in a stairwell for four hours it's always a black and, lab. Uh, yeah it's crazy 
<laughs> and the owner again was like, Oh my God, thank you. You know, thank you for being so responsible. And it was like, God, you, if you had any idea how, you know, he wouldn't have picked up the rat poison in the first place if I was paying attention to your dog, you know, okay. but it can be, it, that's the thing. Like it was so, it, you can be so checked out while you're doing it. And I think I told you it's the greatest job for being hung. I mean, I was a fucking raging alcoholic while yeah. I was doing this. So I was hung over every day just wearing mirrored aviators at eight o'clock in the morning, picking up dogs, just still sweating out booze from the night before. And, you know, like you're not, you're, you're, there's no thought required. So, you know, you're just workshopping bits in your mind all day. You yeah. can really kind of disappear in your own world. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to do so, but that can also lend itself to complete neglect of these dogs. For sure. You know? <laughs> two, two follow-ups. One's a comment. One's a question. The the comment is um, that was divine intervention from Jehovah telling you to get on Google. <laughs> just so we're aware. The second is logistical. When that yeah. happens and you had to rush the dog to the vet, who who covers the bill? Is that on you or on them? That's a that's a good question. Like, it was I'm a uh, pet owner, so I'm kind of like, actually, if it happened to me, I'd tell him to fuck himself. And cough up the three hundred dollars, right, right, yeah, because it's it's not your fault. Um, they, I was working for a dog walking service at the time. Oh, this is before so I branched out on my own. So I think I think for that reason I was covered. I think if I wasn't, yes, I think they would have been fully justified being like, "You fucking pay for? It. Are you kidding me? I didn't yeah. put rat poison in the dog's mouth." Yes, but I th think through the company I was working for, I was insured. I'm sure they signed some ridiculous contract. We're not responsible for your dog internally bleeding, the not negligence of um, a drunk wannabe comic. <laughs> our, this is a double-edged sword. I definitely knew what I was getting into when we made this choice, but our yeah. dog walker is a comic. And yeah. when we, when I told her I was getting a dog and I wanted her to walk our dog, she was like, just so you know, um, all the stories I tell on stage are true and your dog is subject to being talked about. Is that okay? And at first I thought she was like doing a bit on me. She was dead fucking serious. Cause she's like, <laughs> if some of these people knew that I was talking about their dog, they would lash out. Like I'm talking about their child. I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. I hope my dog gets into some bullshit for you to tell about. I want you to. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure. Um, you're full of stories. Once we don't have time for it, but one story that you guys can go check out is Doug Smith tells the most nuts ass story that I've ever heard in my life about the scar on his face um, for Comedy Central. It is on YouTube. Go watch it. Got a quick commercial break and then we're going to get into the emails. We'll be right back. We're back. Hey, um, we're going to get into the emails from you guys. Doug, a while ago. I had Angela Johnson on the podcast and she very much believes in ghosts and spirits and loves all that creepy stuff. I had a surplus of like child horror stories come in and I saved a couple of them. And I think you might appreciate that's gay for appreciate. Great. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Joe. My son was 3.5 years old when he started sharing what he saw in his bedroom. One particular morning, he shared that a man with a fancy hat walked into his bedroom and went into his closet, but the closet was closed. So he walked 
into the closet door trying to mimic what the man did. We checked different styles of hat and he pointed to the Mad Hatter's top hat. That same month, we were backing out of the driveway to go to preschool and he yelled, Mommy, stop! You nearly hit the two girls in front of the van. I got out and there was not a person or child in sight. He has told me that his great-grandmother, Gertie, has sat on his bed at night. The best part about this is he doesn't ever even actually know that his grandmother's name is Gertie. The older he became, the more these stories began to get shaped and detailed until one day it just stopped. My daughter has seen an elderly lady wearing the same clothes that he describes, but in different locations of our house. She has even identified this woman as being none other than Grandmother Gertie. Jesus. My first thought, this is what a, uh, a, a show business shill I've become already is I'm thinking, turn this into a reality show. Call it Small Mediums. And <laughs> oh my it's God. a show about kids that can foresee, you know, like who wouldn't watch that? This lady's got to cash in on this shit. Small Mediums. Yes. Doug. Right, that <laughs> I'm having trouble naming my special. I think I'm going to give you a call after that. <laughs> Small mediums, that's good. No, but this is a thing. This is this yeah. is. People were sending me videos of their kids like talking to corners. And I know. I've, I feel like I've been seeing more of that too. I saw a video of a kid uh, opening the bathroom door at night, be like, "Good night," and his mom's like, "Who are you talking to?" Him up there, right? Who right there? And so, and not not even afraid of it. You know, no, like not afraid like of it. Buddy, that they just can't, that the parents can't see. It's. Does your kid ever do anything like this? No, thank God, because it would fucking terrify oh, me. Oh, me! My oh, dog stares yeah. off into the corner, and I'm like, "Nope, yeah. we're saging this motherfucker." <laughs> like, uh, uh-uh. uh. But the 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 one got me really good. This this um this guy sent a do- a video of his daughter who was saying his mother's name who had recently passed away and she was saying yeah. she was like waving to him and using her name i think it was nancy she's like bye nancy bye and in the video he's like i've never told her her name this is just in and i'm like ah! wow that's nuts it doesn't stop yeah Here's that's me. yeah i got more Oh, hi, Joe. I have another ghost story for you. After hearing from Angela, I knew that I had to share this one. I'm on maternity leave with my three-month-old daughter and two-year-old son who is named after my mother-in-law's dad. Holy family trait. Okay, thank you for that. Just wait. That info is actually very important. All right. Thank you for clarifying. My son starts talking about a ghost in the house named Jack. This Jack ghost just kind of hangs around. He's nice, my son says. I may have started house hunting at this point. A couple of weeks later, Jack is out of the picture and he starts talking about his imaginary friend, Fred, his imaginary Fred named Morris. We chalk it up to cute kid stuff and tell my mother-in-law about it. Her face immediately falls in disbelief. Her dad the one my son is named after, had two brothers. Their names, Jack and Morris. No, we have never talked about them. I didn't even know they existed until this moment. And get this, the brother, Jack, he loved kids, but never had any of his own. That made my skin crawl. Yeah. 
I guess he decided Oof. to hang out and just play with mine. Oh, that made my skin crawl. <laughs> I'll just play weird. with yours. That was, that was a little creepy Uncle Jack for sure. But that this this type of behavior, this type of behavior. I have over 200 emails from these people and it's the same thing. Kids using the name, kids identifying the mother. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's horrifying. What's your take? Do you think it's real? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got, I mean, you know, it's, I do believe that when I don't necessarily believe in re- reincarnation, but, or the af well, I don't know about the afterlife, but when you die, that energy has to go somewhere, even if you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I was raised to believe that spirits were evil, you know, you know, all part of the Jehovah's witness thing. So yeah. like even being open to, uh, even seeing something like that or hearing somebody talk about that was like, no, you're inviting evil spirits into your mind and oh. they can, you know, warp your mind and Satan will infest your thoughts. And, you know, so it was very, but I think it's kind of, if it me personally would horrify me because of my background, but I think if you're able to embrace it, it's kind of a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? That they're having kind of this relationship with this celestial being that happens to be a, a relative from their past, like that's pretty awesome. Yeah, spoken like a true uh, home birth dad. <laughs> <right there. laughs> hey, uh, Doug, thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Love catching up with you. Uh, I hope we can work together soon. Tell people what you got going on, oh, yeah, where man. they can find more of you and stuff. Um, I'm my next road gig. I'm doing city city winery in Philly on uh, July 9th. Uh, it's an 8 p.m. show. Um, you can get tickets on my website. It's dougsmithcomedy.com. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all the socials at who Doug Smith, who Doug Smith. That's probably and, why I think it because of your handle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense. Sorry. I keep going. I cut you off. You have something else? Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's the show I got to make a push for. Cause it's not a, com- I don't know if you've ever done a city winery before. It's not a comedy club. So you really got to. Put the legwork in of your own promotions. I've never done a city winery, but I did sell my soul to the devil and do Off the Hook in Naples, so I can relate. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know anything about Off. I won't. I only know horror stories oh, about Naples. Yep. We'll talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> hey, you guys, listen. Doug is fucking incredible. <laughs> he is hilarious. If you're in the Philly area, 10 out of 10, go see that show. And if not, at bare minimum stop the podcast right now and go follow him so you can keep posted if he's coming anywhere near you if you're in new york follow him go to his shows you will definitely get some good laughs and doug thank you for coming on the pod man thank you buddy appreciate it my pleasure